Hello and welcome to the second episode of Melodies of, of Dissonance. Dissonance, featuring me, Delaney Smith, and me, Joe. Default. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have a doozy of an episode for you. We do. Um, a doozy. It would, this I feel like a doozy is a good way of uh, starting this off, but. To give anyone a recap who didn't listen to the first episode. Which they totally should. They totally should. It should be up on the WTSR podcast link, which is on WTSR.org. Check it out. You should. It's great. But to give a recap, last week we talked about uh, Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen and Creedence Clearwater Revival's Fortunate Son. Yep. And talked a lot about the Vietnam War and what those songs had to say about the Vietnam War to introduce the central themes of this podcast yeah. i guess i think that's a good way and laney what are we talking about today so this week's episode is going to be about school shootings so we've got pumped up kicks by foster the people up first that's the first one we're going to dive into and then we're going to hard shift gears to youth of the nation by pod which um it's going to be a heavier episode i'll give a disclaimer for that and i will also give a disclaimer that whenever i sense tension i giggle so I, I should put that out there. This is in no way saying that Delaney and I support school shootings because we don't. We don't, no. We I, just laugh when we're nervous. So yes. please keep that in mind. We're not horrible people. We are actually, I feel like, um, good people, I would even go so far as to say. So um, <laughs> See, it's already started. It's already started. So let's transition so, to Pumped Up Kicks. Right, yes. So a little bit of background. So Foster the People is the artist of Pumped Up Kicks, and they were formed in Los Angeles in 2009. Pumped Up Kicks was their breakout single, I would say. It's the first one that made the Billboard Top 100. It might be the only one that made the Billboard Top 100, but don't quote me on that. Uh, Mark Foster, their frontman, was a commercial jingle writer who, um, well, if you've ever heard a jingle, you know how upbeat they are and how catchy they are meant to be. But uh, Pumped Up Kicks is... How do I put this? Incredibly catchy. It is. It is, is, it is a song beloved song. by hipsters. It is. Um, and pop culture fan, not pop culture fans, by pop enjoyers. Right. Yeah. But um, notably, it is a song about school shootings. It was not directly inspired by any one school shooting. Uh, Foster's cousin. Uh, was involved in Columbine. Actually, correct, correction, it was not Foster's cousin. It was the bassist, Cubby Fink's cousin, um, who was, you know, obviously in the band. Oh, okay, got you. So one of their cousins was involved in Columbine and was in the library during the, sc the school shooting, which is probably the closest connection to any of them mm -hmm. for, like, school shooting-wise. Um, and notably, the song was pulled from the radio uh, just after the Sandy Hook shooting in 2012, a full three years after the song's initial release. Actually, did I do that math right? It might have been two years. But several years after the song was released. So math is neither of our songs. Song, nope. A strong, strong suit. <laughs> but uh, we have a lot to go through with this one. And I guess the a good place to start. Is at the beginning. Yes. So... Part of the reason I really, I don't want to say enjoy, well, I do enjoy the song, but there is incredible dissonance between the tone and then the lyrics of Pumped Up Kicks, which is incredibly brilliant. Um, it is a song that um, Foster actually describes as a fuck you song to hipsters, um, but it's a song that hipsters are going to want to dance to. That's a direct quote. That is a direct quote. I'm not just violating FCC guidelines for those who are watching. Happy Safe Harbor, guys. Happy Safe Harbor. So there is this incredible dissonance, um, which I particularly like, because it's forcing um, people to listen to the song, even if they don't inherently recognize what it's about. In fact, a lot of um, individuals' personal story, I didn't realize it was about a school shooting until I actually looked up the lyrics. Mm -hmm. I, have an, I have an anecdote, if you would like me to share. Share the anecdote. We're anecdote pro here. We are, we are so anecdote pro. So... I vividly remember this song came out when I was six, seven, maybe. And at that time, I was in a like swim team. And every single day after school, my dad would drive me over to the swim practice. And we were in the car listening to the radio. And this song came on. 
And I only heard it once in the car. And then afterwards, my dad would turn it off every time without fail. And for years, I did not know why until I listened to it again somewhat recently. I was like, oh, that's what this song is about. Mm -hmm. It took years for it to click for me. And I think that's very purposefully done. Um, Foster has spoken about how this, like like Lainey mentioned earlier, it's not inspired by a particular school shooting, which in itself I think is noteworthy with the fact that this is such a prevalent issue in society that someone could just write about it without directly being inspired. Yeah. Although we do, he does kind of mention that connection that the, the band has. But the fact that it wasn't, you know, he didn't go into writing it like youth, um, youth of the People their band. Um, youth, youth of the Nation P.O.D. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Apologies. I'll probably butcher it again. Um, but that song, in contrast, which, we'll, again, we'll get into when we get to that part of the episode, was directly written with an intent to talk about school shootings and the issues that surrounding surround that. In contrast, Pumped Up Kicks was not about that, inherently. So, to actually get into some of the lyrics, in the first verse, there's the kind of reference the cowboy there's the he got his rolled up cigarette hanging out of his mouth he's a cowboy kid yeah he found a six shooter gun um he's got a quick hand a lot of this imagery meant to evoke a cowboy which is an inherently american um kind of archetypal role mm-hmm. um it's something that i know little kids aspire to be there's i could talk probably for this entire podcast about references of masculinity in the terms of cowboy um but I think it's important to note that cowboys are inherently associated with being gunslingers. So by starting off to pumped up kicks with this illusion to cowboys and you know their inherent nature of being gunslingers, um, it again creates this kind of dissonance because gunslingers, traditionally in the sense of you know westerns, are the good guys, the They're cow the dealers of justice. Exactly. They're the ones who liberate the town, who, you know, fight off the the villains who are traditionally not referred to as cowboys. Usually they're they're more of the gunslingers um, or just straight up villains in these types of um, media. So this is almost setting it up to be someone who is uncomfortable with um their status, they're, they, they're aspiring to be this kind of cowboy archetypal um, masculine ideal, but then they go and they shoot up their classmates, um, which is a very dangerous, I think, connection. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk, we'll get into this, so I won't spoil our, our unplanned, um, spontaneous conversation at the end of the episode, Yes, but I think they're, that's one of the, the issues that's really sparking school shootings. Um, but I did want to mention that because I love that that detail of alluding, starting off immediately with not only giving the shooter a name, Robert, um, humanizing this the school shooter, making this an incredibly personal song where you're seeing it through his eyes, but then also alluding to um, Robert as a cowboy, yeah. an inherently you know hero. Um, I also wanted to bring up the point of in the first verse, there's the the fact that he found the gun. It, the, the lyric is, yeah, he found a six-shooter gun in his dad's closet with a box of fun things. I don't even know what. So, obviously, children are not going to be the ones who are going out and buying guns. They're yeah. not going to walk up to, you know, you can buy buy guns in, you know, a lot of places in America, but notably a Walmart for some reason. Yeah. Um Shout out Walmart. I Shout guess. out Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> not quite sure why Walmart popped to mind. Um, I think because I have distinct memories of walking past the hunting section in our, you know, Cape May County Walmart. Yeah, but I think that is also a notable point that I am going to bring up again, ruining our totally spontaneous conversation that I didn't write notes 100% on. One hundred percent spontaneous. Uh, the fact that this this you know the 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 character that Foster the people has created Robert did not. Is clearly in school, even though school is not referenced anywhere in here. It's just it's only referred to as kids. Um, so theoretically, this could be just about a shooting in general. But yeah. I think, I think deep down, everyone kind of knows it's not mm-hmm. the fact that there's this descriptions of kids. It's the pumped up kicks, but running like there's just so much references to school shootings. It's hard not to kind of jump there. But this again, this connection of box of fun things being probably ammo. He found it in his dad's closet. 
which raises the point of these school shooters are not necessarily the ones who are buying their own guns. Mm -hmm. They're finding it because they're not um, safely stored. They're not taken away, Um, which then inherently becomes an obstacle to preventing school shootings that obviously if gun reform is not being able to happen, then the very least that should be done is controlling um, the security of the guns that are already, you know, out there and in people's homes. But Robert's able to get in kind of immediately. Well, maybe not immediately, but he's, he's finding it, which implies it's kind of left out. Yeah. Because um, you're not finding something if it's behind locked doors. And I, I'd like to add that one of the biggest... I don't want to say counter arguments to gun control in terms of school shootings is that um, it's this like well-known idea of like, well, they're going to get the guns anyway. Mm-hmm. Why bother controlling them? And this is exactly why, mm-hmm. because the harder you make for it for an adult to get a gun, that also makes it harder for the child to get mm-hmm. a gun. And it doesn't really matter how the gun is acquired. It's the fact that the gun is there and it is able Mm -hmm. to be shot at any time. That is the actual issue. So I do appreciate the addition of the found it in his dad's closet thing. And a six shooter, if... uh, That's that's a stereotypical cowboy gun. It's the one that you pop out, you put six bullets in, and you spin it to... You spin it. To lock it. So it's the one that is very much seen in these westerns that you see there's a mention of like cigarettes later mm-hmm. there's so many impl- references that foster the people has included in this song to make it a cowboy bes- besides directly saying yeah. he's a cowboy kid i feel like that one's a little too off <laughs> it's a bit on the you nerves. know not to be the english major but i'm not gonna ignore the direct evidence there yeah but i also think that sometimes direct evidence needs support mm-hmm. well the other thing is that like a six shooter it's not like an automatic rifle or anything. No, there's like that. intent behind it. If there's intent. There is actual because like that. There's this other image of like the school shooter with like this automatic rifle just mm-hmm. gunning down people, but that's not the case. This is just some kid finding a mm-hmm. gun, mm-hmm. probably bought for self defense in his father's closet. Right, it can be bought for anything, but that's most yeah. commonly what hand pistols are bought for. Yeah. Like, this isn't some premeditated thing. This is a kid found... Well, it could be premeditated. We'll get into that. But... Oh, no. It's, it's premeditated. It's premeditated. And actually, great transition. Great transition. Thank you, Lainey, so much for that. You're so welcome. Um, Pumped Up Kicks, the name of the song, also kind of reveals the motive as to why Robert is kind of engaging in this school shooting. Um. There's a lot of references of, you might be questioning, like, why is this song about school shooting named Pumped Up Kicks? There is a lot of evidence throughout the song um, implying that Robert, a.k.a. the speaker, is jealous of the Pumped Up Kicks. Probably referencing, just based on when the song came out, Reebok um, Kicks. Mm-hmm. Incredibly expensive shoes. And for Robert, who is um, probably not the best financially off, there's... You know, references of his dad's working a long day. There's no reference to a mother. Um, he's coming home late. He's, co- he's coming home late. He's bringing me a surprise because dinner's in the kitchen is packed on ice. Um, quick side note on that line because I think it could be some great evidence. The surprise and the packed on ice line, there's two things that that could theoretically mean. Either it's re- referencing frozen food. Which is would then be a surprise because it's something that if they're not financially well off is more of like a a treat meal or it's a reference of abuse. And the fact that usually um, an easy way to create an ice pack is frozen food packing with ice, Um, both which I think are great additions to a motive. Either the one he's not financially well off, so he's therefore jealous of his classmates kicks if it is the abuse one, then, you know, there's a lot of the school shooters um, either are abused in some way or have very insecure um, self-esteem. So I think either of those kind of motives or um, I should say descriptions of what is the surprise and what's packed on ice could very well lead to this. So I think it this kind of overall idea of this of the... The shooter is jealous of, you know, the kids with the pumped up kicks. Um, The chorus is all the other kids with the pumped up kicks. Better run, better run, outrun my gun. And he constantly is repeating that. Um, You better run faster than my bullet. 
um, the bridge is run, 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 run. Same thing with the chorus. It just repeats. But it leads to this impression of it feels kind of like a siege because you're having this repetition of the chorus continuing um, close back to back too because you have the chorus and then you immediately have the bridge, which is just run, 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 run. And it's just that repetition of run. And the chorus repeating the all the other kids with pumped up kicks better run, better run, outrun my gun. So it feels like this constant onslaught. Now, to pivot slightly, keeping that in mind, tapping my forehead but you can't see it because this is a podcast no you i appreciate the the visual just want to let everybody just want to let everybody know where i'm at Mm -hmm. um mentally (laughs) um bad (laughs) so to transition to the music video which was only like it was put on youtube which is where we're kind of um gauging this a year after the song came out so they had plenty of time to you know do a music video that perhaps represented the lyrics but in an interesting choice, and I say interesting, you know, with its what it means. Uh, <laughs> Just exactly how it means. Just yes. exactly how it means, folks. I cannot think tonight. Uh, Foster the People decided to kind of align themselves with the tone. Instead of showing a scene of school shooting like the lyrics describe, describe it instead shows scenes of the hangouts between the band members, um, the band playing its shows. Nothing that really alludes to the darker underside of these lyrics. Um, Lainey, I have my own personal thoughts, but do you have any kind of interpretation of what that what they might be saying? Uh, I do, actually, because what got me is that they're always together. There are no shots of them that is just one mm-hmm. out of another. And you have to keep in mind that uh, Mark Foster did come out and say that this wasn't specifically about a school shooting. Mm-hmm. That's just what it was kind of assigned to. Mm-hmm. So to me... Those lyrics with the whole, this isn't really about a school shooting, but it's totally about school shooting. That, to me, paired with the music video, is about loneliness. So mm. all of the band members are always together. They always are clearly having fun. They're playing Frisbee with mm-hmm. a dog. They're walking on train tracks. They're doing mm-hmm. stereotypical kid fun things. Yep. They're not kids, but they're, that's, they're adults. They're adults, but they have friends. So I feel like what the music video is getting at is that the the Robert in this song, mm-hmm. the main character of this song, does not have friends. No. And they are lonely. So you're meant to get the de- the juxtaposition between the lyrics, the music, which is incredibly upbeat, and then the video, which mm-hmm. are all saying three very different yes. things. The music video saying, look at how many friends I have. Yep. The lyrics saying, look at how lonely I am. Mm-hmm. And the song itself going like, hey, guys, don't you want to dance to this? Yeah, it's the hipster song. It's They want people to listen to this, but not inherently, it seems like, not listen to the lyrics. Yeah. But I almost will go one up because I agree. It is about the song very much, or I should say the music video, presents this vision of friendship or I should say anti-loneliness. Um, I would almost argue that they are the, the kids with the pumped up kicks. That the song kind of describes. Mm-hmm. We're not getting the perspective of Robert, which is um, what the entire song kind of describes, um, just based on how it is. It's from a, a third-person point of view uh, about Robert, but it almost seems to be that the music video is about the pumped-up kicks, the kids who are going to be the victim of Robert's kind of um, misaligned rage. Yeah, I would agree with that. And kind of going off of that, one of the things I liked about the music video was how it wasn't meant to be anything special. No. And I'm not sure if you ca- if you caught that, but it is one of the most generic vi- music videos I've it's ever seen in my entire boring. life. It's honestly boring. It's a really boring video. But I feel like that almost plays to like the advantage of it because mm-hmm. I feel like it's almost a statement of how normalized this kind of yeah. thing is getting. I Yeah. Because I... I'll go on a bit of a side tangent here and be like, whenever I hear about school shootings, I'm no longer surprised. You're desensitized. Yeah, it's incredibly desensitized. Mm -hmm. And by this point, by 2010, when this song was released, Columbine had happened, nearly did it. I nearly said the thing. For for those who um, (laughs) are just listening in or kind of caught Lainey's... Um, what, what did I say? Mispronunciation. Mispronunciation. Um, during our practice or pre-conversation um, about what we want to talk about in this episode, Delaney had continued to pronounce Columbine as 
almost like columbine columbine yeah um columbine i and i jokingly said if she did during the episode i would 100 percent call her out um i also think this kind of gives a much pleaded <laughs> levity yes um to this incredibly dark episode this is a heavy episode um, but go back to your point about columbine but yeah so columbine had happened actually just over 10 years ago by the time that this song had happened yes it happened in 1999 yes so this song was released in 2010, and there wasn't just an absence of school shootings between 1999 mm-hmm. and 2010. They had been ongoing, although nothing was quite as publicized as Columbine, yeah. I don't believe. We'll get into that in mm-hmm. the second half of, the, of that episode. I have a whole tangent on that. <laughs> but what I'm saying here is that just people weren't surprised anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, people were obviously shocked, and it's obviously a really terrible thing to hear about, but no one is like, oh, that happened again? No. No one's surprised anymore. It's completely... Mm-hmm. We're all desensitized to it. Although, that could me be a me thing. I'm not sure. No, I think there is, a, especially in this generation, there's a desensitization to it that... You know, they're not being publicized as much anymore. They're continuing to happening. You're seeing, you know, gun gun reform activists of our generation who are constantly having to fight this narrative that things will get better on their own or that it's not an issue. When in reality, it's an issue that is no longer an issue. And I'm using air quotes because of the lack of coverage of it. Mm-hmm. It's still happening. It's still an issue. It is just something that's not being covered anymore because... People are not shocked anymore mm-hmm. and shocked, you know, shocked. Um, I should say news, sensational news is what sells. Yeah. And I would like to circle uh, back and talk about Uvalde for like two seconds because that is, I, to my knowledge, that is the most recent highly publicized school shooting because that one was when um, 19 students and two teachers were killed and 17 others were injured and that was at an elementary school in uvalde texas and that is probably the last major school shooting to be publicized but that was in 2022 it is 2024 at the time of this recording Mm -hmm. meaning that this is still very much an issue and it's not going away and there have been several other school shootings at universities since Mm -hmm. then that have been talked about which is all just to say that Nothing is being done about this, yeah. which is what I think is also getting yeah. jabbed at. No. In and b- I think this. part of that issue is what happened in 2020. COVID-19. COVID. So where were students at home. home? So you really, I mean, school shootings are not going to happen if students are not in schools. Mm-hmm. In fact, that was the lowest year of average school shootings Take a guess why. <laughs> so I think there is a narrative of it's not a problem anymore because of COVID-19, which kind of distracted people. It, it forced students to be at home instead of in schools. So you're not seeing school shootings. And it's only now that things are, um, to use the tested phrase, returning to normal, that you're starting to see school shootings, unfortunately, be, start to happen again in greater numbers and then eventually in publicized um, kind of new segments. Yeah. Well, I think that's actually a pretty good transition into Youth of the Nation. If you, I, if you I think agree. So. I agree. So, Take it away. For some quick background, uh, Youth by the Na- Youth of the Nation is by POD, uh, Payable on Death, I believe is the acronym there. You're correct. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, they were a Christian new, new metal band formed in 1992 in San Diego. Youth of the Nation was released in 2001. Uh, just two years after Columbine. Mm -hmm. And it was actually written on the very same day as the Santana High School shooting in Santee, California, and draws inspiration from Columbine as well. So, and I'd say it was written on the same day. I mean that they literally were walking to the studio and they saw cop cars and helicopters speeding by on their way into the studio. Mm -hmm. Like, this was happening on the day of this school shooting. Mm -hmm. And Youth of the Nation is notable from, it's differentiated from Pumped Up Kicks in that it is not a happy song. It is an intense song. There's no way you can view it and not understand what the song is trying to say. Exactly. Or the tone it's trying to set. There's heavy guitars. It's heavy instruments. Like, beating drum beat in the the background. 
and the lead singer just completely like singing his heart out here. There's no frilly like all the other kids with the pumped up. No, we're talking we are we are the youth of the nation. It Please. is meant to be intense. It is loud. Please don't ever try to do that again. I absolutely will. All right, so let's get into it, Lane. Well, let's get into it. So the very first thing I want to talk about is I think that there's a way to break down the song into three parts. The first uh, the first verse, the second verse, the third verse, because they are all saying three incredibly distinct things that are very interconnected. The first verse tells an incredibly visual story of a school shooting. And it's not like pumped up kicks where it could be construed like, oh, this might not be no. about school. This is about a school shooting. The very first line is last day of the rest of my life which can i touch on that for a moment yes absolutely so i saw that line and it reminded me of that today the the kind of motion motivational saying of today is the um the first day of how does it how does it go this is the first day of my life no first yeah first day of my new life something like that um for those out there listening i don't know motivational sayings i'm working on it But I like that because it's a it's like an inverse of it. It very much is a juxtaposition of instead of it being the first day of a new life, of changing for the better, changing for more positive, it's the last day of the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly implying that either the speaker knew it was – this is speaking after, obviously, um, the speaker has been shot in the chest. Yes. But there is this kind of um, – by using that statement, there's a question of like does he feel like – or I'm sorry, do they feel like um, – this is set in stone. Yes. That there is no, like, in between. Um, I'll let you get back to that, but I did want to touch on that because I really loved um, choosing that particular line to open it. Well, yeah. No, well, you've actually created the perfect segue because I was going to talk about Excellent. how this entire song, or at least this entire first verse, is told as a story after this kid has died. Yes. And it is notable that there's no specific age, but you can assume teenager because there's I mean they mentioned school yeah well I mean like high school versus elementary school that's true yeah but he's skating to school and he says I wish I would have known I didn't kiss my mama goodbye Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't tell her that I loved her I didn't thank my pops for all the talks and all the wisdom he shared like it is regret this entire first half of this first verse is just all of the regrets of the day of and then he like gets into the actual specifics of the school shooting. Um, one line that I really like is, who knew that this day wasn't like the rest? Instead of taking a test, I took two to the chest. Mm-hmm. Which is one of those lyrics that you hear and it's like a punch to the yes. gut for me. Because it is touching on this thing where like this could happen at any day, at any mm-hmm. time, to any school in America. And and I say very specifically America because this isn't really an issue anywhere else. It's not else. a global phenomenon. It, this is not a global phenomenon. And this is – both of the artists that we chose today are American artists, and these are both American songs. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> but it speaks to this idea that this really could happen at any time, and it could happen to anybody. So kind of live knowing that if you are a school – kid or even a teenager or a college student in america you could wake up one day in the middle of a school shooting so Mm -hmm. there's definitely that kind of idea there but that's just the first verse would you believe it um i mean the first verse also touches on like i didn't know this kid i sat by him in class Mm -hmm. and he talks about like the maybe this kid was reaching out for love or maybe for a moment he forgot who he was Maybe this kid just wanted to be hugged. And I I think that's a really good transition into the second verse because it's talking about how the larger issue of school shootings is compounded by the issue of mental health and bullying yes. in schools. Because I don't think it's that much of a stretch to say that most school shooters, most student school shooters, I should mm-hmm. specify, um, like people who went to this school and shot it up knowing that they go there, mm-hmm. Most of them are either bullied or ostracized by their peers. Mm-hmm. And there's this stereotypical image of like the lone person in the in the in the hoodie just kind of yep. walking around school, doesn't have any friends, the loser, whatever. But that's not entirely untrue. It's a stereotype, but that is 
the reality for a lot of kids who are bullied and mm-hmm. the reality for a lot of school shooters. Um, anything to add for any of that? I will just say I, I like that kind of transition of the end is or the entire first verse is set up in which the kind of victim is reflecting on their life. You've already touched on a lot of the things. The description is incredibly visual. It's something that's supposed to catch your attention. Yeah, It's not like pumped up kicks where everything is visual but still could be like yes shrouded. This, this very much is the intention is to hear the lyrics it's not the music it's not disguising the lyrics mm-hmm. um and i love how it transitions kind of like how you're saying it's it's a compounded nationalized issue whatever it was i know it's because we are we are we are the youth of the nation mm-hmm. it's implying this is a you know a, a systemic issue it's not just something that yeah you know someone woke up one day which what we we're doing research on on this episode most school shootings pre-Columbine were very much grudge-based, um, or they were kind of like hostage situations gone wrong. Yeah, um, they or were in one notable case, just a bomb. <laughs> yeah, um, very rogue. There's not like a person. There's there's a grudge to it. In contrast, a lot of the school shootings we're seeing after Columbine and more modernly, they are because of this kind of ostracization, systemic issue. In regards to gun violence and the lack of mental health care. Yeah. Which I think is actually pretty good transition for me to talk about the 24-hour news cycle relating to Columbine. Which is one of the more important aspects of why Columbine was such an important school shooting in the sense of how we talk about school shootings Mm -hmm. in general. So Columbine happened in 1999 and... By that point, the 24-hour news cycle as we know it today of news channels being on 24-7, that's the rise of the internet and internet-based news, internet-based media, that was all fresh and new in 1999, or relatively so. So when Columbine happened, it received intense media coverage, and that is widely regarded as the school shooting that instituted a lot of modern safety measures in school. Uh, you see, after that shooting, metal detectors get put in. Uh, schools mandated plastic or see-through bags. Um, you had to ha- go through like a turnstile type of thing so mm-hmm. people could be counted as they entered the school just for attendance purposes. Mm-hmm. Columbine started all of that, and that's mm-hmm. not because it's not really. If that wouldn't have happened, and we wouldn't have seen that intense response 20 years prior. And I also want to point out these measures that Lainey is talking about are disproportionately put in on lower-income districts and districts that um, have a majority of minority students. From an experience of somebody who used to do practicums in education districts around in the Trenton-Ewing area, the districts that had a more of a minority of students that were larger in scale had these, you know, kind of safety measures detected versus Cape May County that, when I did the research, has about the same budget. We had none of that mm-hmm. um, growing up. And that could be, you know, maybe that is an issue of the fact that our school was uh, a majority of white students. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's something to be said of a racial aspect Um and kind of choosing which districts really need these safety measures. And I vividly remember in terms of like being in high school, one day we went in and they're like, okay, you can't bring your bags into school mm-hmm. or classrooms anymore. And I remember thinking, I feel like I know what this is about. And that's, they never directly said it, but mm-hmm. there was a rumor. There was nothing that was confirmed or denied that there was a school shooting threat made. Mm-hmm. And they were just acting on that. But notably, there were no metal detectors. There was mm-hmm. no increase in school police officers. Mm-hmm. It We just kind of moved on from it. Mm-hmm. And putting that back into Youth of the Nation. We got a little sidetracked. We got a little sidetracked there. <laughs> but as I mentioned before, this song was written on the day of mm-hmm. the uh, Santana High School shooting, which is not one of the more widely publicized ones, but that was two years after Columbine. Mm-hmm. And there is this implication in this first verse that, like, the um, the school shooting is already kind of becoming normalized. And I don't... I'm not sure if that's a, a, a weird way of reading it, but 
you don't even really need to say this is a school shooting because you just kind of get this description of it and you just kind of know like I'm, I'm not sure that's that's a whole other thing but we can relate that to the second verse which is not about school shootings it is actually just about two very specific what young people Susie and Johnny boy and Johnny boy <laughs> that's actually the correct those are verbatim lyrics little Susie and Johnny boy so the second verse goes into these two kids who are troubled, I would say. I think that's a good way of putting yeah. it. Um, Susie was 12, already promiscuous. Uh, her parents had a... No, not a divorce. The dad left and Susie became promiscuous. Um, there's a line of changed up her pace since her daddy left her. Too bad he never told her she deserved much better. And this is after, like, the she finds love in all the wrong places, the same situations, just different faces. And then we move on to Johnny, who broke all the rules, so you think he, would, he was cool. He was ostracized by, like, most of the school. Uh, the song talks about how he had suicidal thoughts, suicidal tendencies. Mm -hmm. And there's a line of, it's kind of hard when you ain't got no friends. He put his life to an end. They might remember him then. Mm -hmm. So... This might feel incredibly detached from the first verse, but it's really not because this mm -hmm. kind of plays into the other systemic issue related to school shootings, which is mental health that we mm -hmm. did touch on a mm -hmm. little bit beforehand. But a lot of these school shooters shoot up their schools because they're ostracized by their peers. I also think that the description of Johnny, there is this um, subtle implication, I should say, that Johnny is actually the school shooter who had kind of um, killed the speaker in yes. the first verse. The, the the no matter how he tried, he often thought of suicide. He put his life to the end. They might remember him then. Told, you cross the line, there's no turning back. Told the world how he felt with the sound of a gat. Mm -hmm. Now, that could just be, you know, he shot himself and committed suicide. But I think because of the song, regardless of whether or not he's a school shooter or not, like Lainey's saying, there is this issue of mental health. That leads us into the third verse. Third verse. Which is, again, almost completely detached on the surface level from verses one or two. So, verse three is like the singer. This is no longer this fictitious character, I feel like. I feel like this is the singer coming out and saying, I don't know why this is happening. We're not doing anything to combat this. There's a really good line of who's to blame for the lives that tragedies claim. No yes. matter what you say, it don't take away the pain. And mm -hmm. that's basically just saying you can talk all you want. All these politicians can make all of their talking points about how tragic school shootings mm -hmm. are all they want. But that doesn't change the fact that there are kids that are dying mm -hmm. in public schools, which are supposed to be a safe space. And they're dying because of, frankly... A preventable issue. Yes. Something that can be fixed, but no one is taking the initiative or the blame. Yes, which is why I love so much of the, the next, like, two lines that I feel inside. I'm tired of all the lies. Um, don't, nobody know why. It's the blind leading the blind. There is this statement that comes with, it's the blind leading the blind, which is meant to reference the fact that these politicians who are refusing to make policies also don't know how to fix these issues but are refusing to do the thing that would fix the issue which is actually create gun reform and yep. make guns a little more difficult to get yep and i won't go on that tangent but i feel like that particular statement is you know pod directly kind of saying that it's ineffectual leadership yes and it's the lie surrounding these issues that are creating these kind of uh, school, these, these, like Lainey was saying, preventable school shootings. Mm -hmm. And I would like to add on that this song was produced in 2001, mm -hmm. which school shootings are not the most famous thing that happened in 2001. And I should add that this was on November 27th, 2001. So, I almost feel like this last verse is the artist trying to bring attention back to school shootings because 9-11 was a national tragedy and we're not going to act like it wasn't. But this is 
the artist being like, that was important, sure. But it is also worth saying that we have other domestic issues that can be fixed that are still happening. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that might be a bit of a stretch, and I recognize that. But there is something to say about how focused, and we did talk about this in the pilot episode that no one got to hear, that the media loved talking about 9-11, and they loved just going on and on. And again, the 24-hour news cycle just capitalized on it constantly for weeks Sensational news sells. It was sensationalized, for sure, for, for months afterwards. So this song is almost trying to say, like, there are other things happening here that are ongoing. 9-11 was a one-and-done thing. School shootings happen every single month of every single year, probably mm-hmm. even more frequently than that. Which, just just a quick, you know, little side tangent on that. But there's another line that I really like in the third verse. Which is, I guess that's why the story, that's the way the story goes, will ever make sense. Somebody's got to know there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more to everything I thought exists. And that is a pretty clear way to me of saying, like, there has to be more to childhood and to growing up than being cannon fodder. Being cannon fodder for constantly fearing for your life in public schools for constantly being subject to terrible just not acknowledging mental health in the age of the online media which is rapidly growing and i wanted to transition this to the music video that we haven't talked to yet yeah because yeah pod purposely they're they're singing against it you know the music video goes back to them back to this road trip but they're singing in front of a wall of distorted yearbook photos that we tried doing some research to see if those were like actual victims from school shootings um, to inconclusive results. Yeah. It's probably, probably not. I feel like it would have popped up. Yeah. If that was intentional. But they are purposely distorted, I think. And I think it's safe to assume that the reason they're distorted is because their, their lives, their childhood, this idea that childhood is supposed to be innocence has been distorted. Yeah. Um, and that these, when school shootings are happening, these are the people that you're actually hurting. Yeah. And I do want to talk about the age of digital media, too, because Mm -hmm. this was 2001. It is the tech boom. Um, This isn't to say that the Internet just magically appeared in the 2000s. It didn't. It was around in the 90s. But this is the age where you start to see websites like YouTube pop up. Mm -hmm. This is where you start to see MySpace pop up, Facebook, Napster. So the world is digitizing. And this is a generation of youth that has to grow up with this and doesn't know anything about life without it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's also definitely something to say there because mental health issues surrounding social media and being on the internet are more vocalized now, but they weren't in 2001. Mm -hmm. It was still an incredibly new phenomenon, which is not to fault anyone genuinely because we still don't really understand the true impact of social media on youth now. But there is something to be said here of how this is almost kind of acknowledging all of the hardships the new generation has to Mm -hmm. face that they didn't even know they had to face yet. Like, the song is not the school shooter of the youth of the nation. It is the youth of the nation. This is a protest song about childhood in the early 2000s and all of the struggles Mm -hmm. that come with it. Which I think is especially prevalent in the choice that P.O.T. had in at the end when they have the the out the outro and the continued chorus it is not just one or two one or two you know young adults singing the we are we are we are the youth of the nation it is a for lack of a better word like a chorus of children yeah um who are in rows singing this their facial expressions are all very much the same giving this impression that Exactly what Lainey was saying, that these are the issues that this generation is facing, Mm -hmm. and these are the faces of the generation. Yeah. And you have to keep in mind that 2001 is um, Gen Z, the first year of Gen Z was 1997. Mm -hmm. So we are looking at many millennials being a maximum of four years old at this Mm -hmm. point. And you still see a ton of millennials in their teens. Gen Z wasn't even really an established thing by then. The oldest Gen Z were, at that point, four years old. Mm -hmm. So 
you have to keep in mind that this is a generation of people who truly are experiencing a new world in a new mm -hmm. millennial. And this is a song for them, I feel like. Um, Which I even would say, not to not to cut you off, that because of the vagueness and the fact that these school shootings continue to happen, that mental health is still an issue, although it is a better handled issue, it is still an issue, that this song is one that kind of like Pumped Up Kicks that survives through the generations because of the fact it is still incredibly applicable. Yes, it is relevant. It continues mm. to be relevant. And the songwriter, I forget his name, I'm sorry. But he does say that this song takes on a new meaning. Mm -hmm. And he's completely right. You could look at this song in terms of school shootings like we have today. You can look at it in terms of simply growing up in a nation that doesn't care about you. That's a whole rabbit hole. But there is something to be said about that. You can look at it in so many different ways. But it just continues to be relevant because it is just about growing up in mm -hmm. America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I feel is a good transition into our breakdown. Yeah, so I actually wanted to kick our breakdown off with some statistics. Apologies, this is going to get sad. Yeah. So um, Sandy Hook came out after Sandy Hook happened, the Sandy Hook Promise, which is a statistics um, breakdown of gun violence, school shootings, and kind of this entire uh, related epidemic. So I can go and lift these off if that works with you. Um, yeah. So... Each day, 12 children die from gun violence in America. Another 32 are shot and injured. Since Columbine in 1999, which is, like, as we mentioned earlier, the kind of transitional shooting because it's one of the first that is not based on a grudge. It has a, a death count or a wound count that is greater than one, which, again, we kind of were seeing in the past. There are examples that, of course, break this, like any kind of trend. But Columbine is the, the turning point in school shootings. More than 338,000 students in the United States have experienced gun violence in school. Mm -hmm. um, the 19 countries with the most school shootings from January 2009 to May 2018. Number one, United States with 288. Mexico is number two with eight. Um on May 24, 2022, 18-year-old gunman Salvador Ramos, who had recently purchased two AR-15 style semi-automatic rifles legally, walked into Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas and opened fire, killing 19 students and two teachers, wounding several other victims, including his own grandmother, whom he shot at their home before going to school. Uh, that was two years ago, almost two years ago, anyway. Um, School shootings in the United States. Uh, the U.S. has experienced at least 12 mass school shootings and hundreds of smaller scale attacks that have touched every state in the union with more than 278,000 students experiencing some form of gun violence, as Joe said. Um, Columbine absolutely influenced subsequent shootings. Mass shootings, mass shootings since Columbine include Rob Elementary School, which I just talked about, Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut in 2012, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, Virginia Tech in Virginia in 2007. And they add that the notion that school shootings are uniquely American crisis is difficult to dispute, given their alarming frequency in the U.S. And to finally kind of round out these statistics, guns are the leading cause of death among American children and teens. One out of 10 gun deaths are age 19 or younger. That is, in fact, the leading cause of death for children who are under 19. All of this is to say that school shootings are a very real issue. They continue to be a very real issue, even before 1999 with Columbine. And these songs are talking about them. And I think more people should be talking about them, especially in music, because as we talked about earlier, Pumped Up Kicks was present in both of our childhoods. We mm -hmm. both remember that song very vividly. Mm -hmm. And you don't really see a ton of people talking about them until they happen. Mm -hmm. Which which is a concerning trend about school shootings in general mm -hmm. is these warning signs are kind of usually seen in these school shooters, but nothing is done because there's a still a stigma that exists around mental health, which we'll get into more of our mental health episode. Yes. But just in general that, you know, school shootings do not just happen. There mm -hmm. is a lead up. There is a build up. 
there is, you know, uh, there is a gun that is left unlocked or someone, a child who knows how to get to that gun in a home. There is usually bullying or mental health issues pre- prevalent. So to say that school shootings are an isolated case, I think it's just false. Yeah. And POD and, fo- and Foster the People do an incredible job of creating songs that, while they touch on school shootings, are not necessarily just about school shootings. Yes. Pumped Up Kicks um, does an excellent job of sneaking in the the low ec- socioeconomic status of the, the shooter. Um, uh, Youth of the Nation does an incredible job of, well, I won't reiterate it, but they, they do such a great job of showing that there are more issues than just, you know, school shooters. There are other epidemics that are, you know, kind of taking over America. So... To, to anyway, to round off my point, I suppose, is the fact that school shootings are unfortunately a culmination of other systemic societal issues. Mm-hmm. And just to remind our audience, we are both around 20 years old. We both remember um, Douglas High School's shooting. We both remember um, Sandy, Hook. Sandy Hook. I vividly remember Sandy Hook. I was only nine years old and I vividly mm-hmm. remember watching the news and hearing about it so we've lived through this we've lived through the school drills oh god yeah <laughs> we've lived through the false alarms we've mm-hmm. lived through the code greens as they call the them threats. in my elementary school this is not an issue that's limited to millennials mm-hmm. this like, is something that continues to impact the generations in a way that i would argue the the cold war bomb threats impacted boomers with yes. the, and you know the the drills of under the desk yes these the drills that because this is a continuing issue shooters now know what school shooting policies are mm-hmm. so i think that's also a real threat it's it's one of those things that the, the call is coming from inside the house and mm-hmm. the fact that this this has continued it's not something that changed and there's been such a like the plan is to hide in a classroom a, a plan that school shooters very much would know because of the way that these drills are practiced. And they lived it. <laughs> they, they lived it. So th- the plan is to sit and hide. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, not a great plan. Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, because of the lack of, you know, gun reform and kind of the jeering and laughing that politicians have in regards to gun reform activists, that is the best our generation is getting. Yeah. And I think... A good thing to round out on is that to put this into context, um, we are both juniors in college. The oldest of Sandy Hook survivors are entering college this year. And I think that's a good place to end it. (laughs) So that was a heavy episode. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I hope we we, uh, made you think, at least. (laughs) But next week, we are going to be talking about beauty standards. Yes, we are. I'm very excited. Yeah. Love me some beauty standards. This is, for those of you who do not know Joe personally, she is a hardcore feminist who is a WGS minor. So this should be interesting. I'm very excited about this. And by interesting, you're going to need a lot of yelling. Oh, yeah. (laughs) probably incoherent babbling. Oh, yes. But that is next week. For right now, thank you guys so much for listening. And dream of protest. Dream of all the protesty things. Protest. Ooh.